Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First movement. My name is GOP Josh. You can follow me on Twitter, GOP Josh 20. My Instagram is also GOP Josh 20. Today we're covering a bunch of different topics. So, uh, one of the chief advisors to um, the vice president, Kamala Harris, is resigning. Alec Baldwin claims that he did not fire the gun that killed someone on a film set. CDC confirms the first U.S. case of the Chi variant of COVID. Somehow, they can't test for it, but somehow they identified it. Chris Cuomo says he's hurting after his suspension from CNN. Facebook lifts restrictions on Kyle Rittenhouse's name. And um, Pelosi says the Supreme Court will lose legitimacy if it doesn't strike down the abortion law. So let's get started with the first topic I talked about, which is the Simone Sanders leaving the vice president's office. This is from Politico. Simone Sanders, the senior advisor and chief spokesperson for the vice president, Kamala Harris, is expected to leave White House at the end of the year, according to the five administration officials familiar with the matter. It is not immediately clear where Sanders is heading next or when she will be leaving the vice president's office. I've heard other reports that it will be at the end of the year. Um, Sanders is the highest profile exit and the second highest high-profile one from the Harris team in the last month. Ashley Esteen, Harris's communications director, is also set to depart in the coming weeks. Kamala Harris's team is falling apart. There is a divide in the White House between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Her team itself is just falling apart, and she's all of her staff is just leaving. When will something happen to the actual administration? We, we hear reports that Kamala Harris and President Biden are trying to make amends, but they're also very, very divided in not only their political beliefs, but also in not really beliefs, but she is more uh, progressive, but also in their governance style and their policy and what they want to do. And Kamala Harris is waiting for the sunlight, or not the sunlight, the spotlight. I think she was brought on to the administration in order to... um, in order to appeal to different voters who may not support President Biden to begin with, and because she was going to be president and the first woman president after, and the first, um, yeah, the first woman president after they eliminate, I'm not going to say eliminate, after something happens to Joe Biden. An official in the president, vice president's office confirmed the departure and said that the president and the vice president have known for a while. The official added that the Sanders has worked for President Joe Biden for nearly three years. In a note to staff Wednesday night, Sanders confirmed the exit, writing, I'm so grateful to the VP for her vote of confidence from the very beginning and the opportunity to see what can be unburdened by what has been. I'm grateful for Harris, the chief of staff, Tina Flor- Flournoy, and her leadership and her confidence as well. Every day I arrived at the White House complex knowing our work made a tangible difference for Americans. I'm immensely grateful and will miss working her for her and f- with all of you. I don't want the the... The White House to fall down. I don't want. I, I said the same thing when Trump was put into office. Wanting Trump to fail is like wanting a plane to crash that we're all on. I don't want the administration to fail. I don't want Kamala Harris and President Biden to fail. But also with them failing so much, not really failing, but when they are losing so much staff, I don't know how Jen Psaki is still in the White House to begin with. But we'll get into that different at a different, at a different point. With so much staff from the vice president's office resigning, I don't really understand how people can look at this administration and think it's a, and think it is a it is a success. 
Think about that. That that is the second or third official in less than a year that has resigned. And I understand people can't stay in jobs forever. Trump had a lot of turnover, but we were supposed to have a return to normalcy with the President Biden administration. It wasn't supposed to be turnovers over turnovers over turnovers. It was supposed to be a, a normal administration for four years like it was supposed to be with President Trump, but President Trump obviously had some problems with his administration. We'll see what comes from that. Best luck. I, I don't want anyone's career to be failed because of who they support. So best of luck to Simone Sanders on whatever she does in the future. And we'll have to see what happens there. So we remember uh, Alec Baldwin reportedly killed someone on a film set with a prop gun. And he is speaking up out against that, saying he did not pull the trigger. The star made the claim in his first sit-down interview since the incident in October. It is tonight on 8 p.m. On, um, yeah, tonight at 8 p.m. on ABC News. I would never point a gun or anyone and pull the trigger at them, never. The interview was recorded on Tuesday and is due to broadcast in the U.S. on Thursday evening. Mr. Stepanopoulos described their 80-minute interview as a raw and intense. The journalist described Mr. Baldwin, 73, as devastated yet very candid and forthcoming while previewing the interview on Wednesday's Good, Mo- Wednesday's Good Morning America. I've done thousands of interviews in the last 20 years at ABC. This is the most intense I've ever experienced. Mr. Baldwin is best known for his performances in films like uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross and The Hunt for Red October, as well as his impersonation of Donald Trump on U.S. sketch show Saturday Night Live. So I don't know if he pulled the trigger or not. We'll never know unless some camera was rolling, unless someone was filming with a smartphone and the, and the footage comes out. We never know if he's actually the one who pulled the trigger, if he's the one who caused the death of that cinematographer. But right now... I will be watching this interview. I will skip Tucker Carlson tonight, and I'll be watching this interview on ABC. At this point, it seems like he is either in denial. He's either in denial, or that's not really what happened. And and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. Supposedly, the cinematographer's husband worked for the Clintons. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But with the, Glenn, uh, with the Glenn Maxwell trial and everything going on, I don't want to be conspiracy theorist on someone's death. But if this didn't happen by Alec Baldwin, which I would, I, I don't want to say I'd bet that it was Alec Baldwin because I don't know. I wasn't in that room. I wasn't in on the sets when it happened. But it was probably Alec Baldwin. And it may have been. It may have been someone else pretending to be Alec Baldwin. It may have been. Uh, you, we never know. And we will never truly know unless there's an internal investigation of if... Footage is released. But until then, we have to take his word for it. I don't know exactly what this clip is. It's about two minutes long. Uh, I guess it's just an advertisement for the interview. Uh, It will be at 8 p.m. tonight on ABC. I will be watching it. I will not be live tweeting it, but I will be watching it if I have the opportunity. But he also said that he wasn't allowed to talk because of an order by authorities. He wasn't supposed to talk after an order of authorities when he was speaking in October to paparazzi. So I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what's going on here. I don't know if he's trying to cover up before a lawsuit or something. I I don't know if he's trying to avoid possible charges. I'm not really sure with that. I'm still praying for her family, praying for everyone in that scenario, because something like that was so tragic 
who knows if they'll even be able to make a film again because you never know if something like that's going to happen again. So prayers for the family, prayers for everyone involved in that. I, I hope Alec Baldwin is telling the truth. And if he is, because I don't want anyone to be on a downfall because of an accident. I, I do think it's dumb that he was saying that um, we need gun control and everything, and then he goes and shoots someone. Maybe that's why he's saying this, but I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist about what happened here. I think I'm just going to kind of stay quiet on this until the interview's out, until an investigation is out, and see what happens there. So a COVID variant, I call it the, the Chi variant, has now made it to the United States, and it is in Canada. Or not Canada, not Canada. Wow, it is in Canada. It is also in California, in California. The United States has confirmed its first case of the new heavily mutated coronavirus variant called Omicron in Northern California. The variant, initially known as B11529, was first detected in South Africa, the, the WHO said. Scientists will need a few weeks to determine how vaccines and treatments perform against the new variant. How can you test against a variant that does not have a separate test? I said the same thing about the, te- the Delta variant. How can you test against the Qi variant when there's not a test for specific variants. And I just want to think it's funny. I I think it's funny. That right after. They approved booster shots. For everyone 18 and up. And people began getting these booster shots. Everyone 18 and up. That now a new variant is out again. If you remember. If you go back a few months. The same thing happened with the Delta variant. The same thing happened with the Delta variant. So the CDC said Wednesday that it has... Oh, CNBC decided to pop up something on me. (laughs) The CDC said Wednesday that it has confirmed the first U.S. case of the new heavily mutated coronavirus variant called Omicron, which was was detected in Northern California. White House Chief... Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said the patient who was fully vaccinated had just returned, who was fully vaccinated, had just returned to the San Francisco area on November 22nd after traveling in South Africa and tested positive the 29th. The individual is self-quarantining. All close contacts have been contacted and thus far have tested negative. He has announced that White House press briefing providing more details on the case. We feel good that this patient not only had mild symptoms, but actually the symptoms appear to be improving. So they don't know if that was the actually the Chi variant or not, the, the, the Omicron variant or not, the Chi variant or not. I'm, I'm calling it the Chi variant because that's what it should have been. But a fully vaccinated person who traveled to South Africa just happened to catch COVID. And it's not from the vaccine. The variants are not from the vaccine, guys. I can't say that. I'll get banned for medical misinformation. So the vaccines are not from, or the variants are not from the vaccines. But, I mean, you never know. You you can be skeptical. You can be skeptical. And I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of anything this administration says. But I'm especially skeptical when it comes to these COVID vaccines, when it comes to these variants that they can't test for, and they just assume that it's a variant because someone comes from that area, just travel, just happens to travel from that area and caught COVID. That, that's their, that is their, uh, their way of knowing that it's a variant. That's not, that's, that's not the case. That's, that's not how you test for something like that. But they've already talked about having to get new vaccines. They've already talked about having to take COVID pills. 
And this will never end. This will never end because just like the cold, just like the flu, every year a new variant is out. A new variant of the flu is out, and that's why you can get the flu shot and still test positive for the flu. Am I comparing COVID to the flu? Maybe, maybe not. You make that assumption for yourself. But I'm just saying, I'm just going to say <laughs> that the variant may be from the vaccine. And I'm not going to say it is. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm just putting that idea out there in your brains. My name is GOP Josh. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for sticking with us through the break. Chris Cuomo has been suspended from CNN, and we know that he's been suspended from CNN because he used his media sources to help his elderly killing brother and use his media sources to try to silence his accusers, if I'm understanding the situation right. C- uh, CNN host Chris Cuomo is still a host on Sirius XM on POTUS Radio every day. And he talked about a suspension on CNN on his show. This is an article from Breitbart's, let's see here, Simon Kent. Ernst Weil, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo said Wednesday he was hurting and never meant to compromise any colleagues by giving his brother's advice before admitting his suspension was embarrassing. He addressed his indefinite suspension on a Sirius XM show, Let's Get After It with Chris Cuomo. Hey everyone, it's Chris Cuomo, let's get after it. He said at the top of the program, the broadcaster then addressed the issue of the day. Quick note about the obvious, I've been suspended from CNN. You know this already, it hurts to even say it. It's embarrassing, but I understand it. And I understand why some people feel the way they do about what I did. I apologized in the past, I mean it. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do was compromise any of my colleagues and do anything but help. I know that they are going to process that they think is important. They, they have a process that they think is important. I respect that process, so I'm not going to talk about this any more than that. So for right now, let's just get after it, and there's plenty more to do on that score. As Breitbart News reported, CNN suspended Cuomo on Tuesday after investigation by the New York Attorney General, Latida James. She set out in detail how he helped then his then-embattled brother, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, defend himself against a series of sexual misconduct allegations. James released text statements between Cuomo and Melissa DeRosa, the former governor's top aide that showed Cuomo used his media sources to dig up information on his brother's sexual harassment accusers. The investigation raised serious questions about Cuomo's conduct, the left-wing network said in a statement this week. Andrew Cuomo, who is facing the possibility of impeachment, resigned in August. He has denied any wrongdoing. So, I didn't know before this news came out that Cuomo even had a radio show. I'm I'm not surprised, just like Sean Hannity has a radio show. I didn't know there was a lot of market for left-wing radio, to be completely honest. I, I didn't expect that to be a, 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 a huge market when it comes to radio. I mean, I know leftists dominate podcasts, 
besides the conservative crusader and some other podcasts, of course, but leftists usually does, uh, dominate the podcasting space and they dominate the space I'm in right now. But I didn't expect Chris Cuomo to have his own show. I mean, he was he was on top of the world on CNN. He was a CNN. Was he at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m.? I think he was 8 p.m., wasn't he? I don't know what his show was called. Chris Cuomo CNN show. What was it called? Cuomo Prime Time. That was 8 p.m., right? I don't know. I can't find it. I, I oh, 9, 9 p.m., okay. So he was at Sean Hadley's time slot, if you were on Fox News at the time. And he was on top of the world when it came to liberal broadcasting. Obviously, Fox News was dominating the cable news space. Conservatives are more likely to go to traditional news sources like cable news to get their information, to get their opinion pieces. And I'm surprised that he was, he spoke out against it at all. He said he's hurting, obviously. But actions have consequences. Just like I say when it comes to freedom of speech, you have freedom from, you have freedom of speech, you do not have freedom from consequence. And this has a major consequence. Using your personal work sources to help your brother. I understand family comes first. I support that. Using your personal sources, and your not your personal sources, but your work sources to help your personal family members goes a little far, and he violated CNN's policy. I'm surprised that he was still aired on Sirius XM. I, I'm not really sure what happened there, but who knows? He may be back. I heard reports that he may be back in January. I hope his serious show's going well. I doubt he's getting as nearly as many listeners as he was getting on CNN. He may not even go back to CNN. I said he should go to MSDNC yesterday, and we could see that being the case. Speaking of DNC, Facebook lifts their Kyle Rittenhouse restrictions, including searches and praise. Good. There should have never been those restrictions, but I'm glad that they decided to lift them up. Let's give some applause to Facebook. Not that they deserve applause, but let's give some applause to Facebook anyways. Okay, this is from CNN. Funny enough. Facebook will no longer limit users from searching for or praising Kyle Rittenhouse following a court's acquittal of all charges facing the teenager at the center of a deadly shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin last August. Though Facebook will continue to remove posts that glorify the deaths involved in the Kenosha shooting, users will again be able to express support for Rittenhouse, said Andy Stone, a Facebook spokesperson. After the verdict in Kenosha, we rolled back the restrictions we had in place that limited search results from returning content key related, related to key terms, including Kyle Rittenhouse. While we still remove content that celebrates the death of individuals killed in Kenosha, we will no longer remove content that celebrates the death of individuals. Or we will, while we will still remove content that celebrates the death, we will no longer remove content containing praise or support for Rittenhouse. Good. It should have never been removed in the first place. We know that they are just a uh, Facebook is just whatever the DNC wants to promote and whatever liberal organizations want to promote. And as soon as you use self defense, you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. The decision reverses a policy that Facebook put in place two days after the shooting. At the time, the company described the incident as a mass murder. In that standard practice, the platform would remove praise and support of Kyle Rittenhouse and block searches for his name. Users could still discuss, still discuss Rittenhouse in his trial in neutral or negative tones while the re- restrictions were in effect. 
asked whether the company regrets its initial characterization of the incident in light of Rittenhouse's acquittal. Stone declined to comment. Stone also didn't immediately respond to questions about whether the platform intends to review its policies. News of the reversal was first reported by the BBC. According to the Washington Post, Rittenhouse was permitted to rejoin Facebook and other platforms owned by its parent company, Meta. Guilty until proven innocent. That is what Facebook is promoting. Guilty until proven innocent. And, and, and for years in this country, it was the other way around. You were innocent until proven guilty. But in the, in the world of mob think, in the world of this is what we believe, and if you are against it, we are against you, and we're going to work against you, and we're going to try to ruin your life. In the world of mob think, it is guilty until proven innocent. Because if you don't absolutely agree with everything the mob has to say, you're going to get deplatformed. And, and Kyle Rittenhouse is even a BLM supporter. We talked about this on the show. He said this multiple times, or not multiple times, but he said this. He supports BLM. The only part of woke think that he doesn't agree with is the fact that he decided to use self-defense in order to protect himself like he should have. He was there for a good reason at the protest trying to clean up and protect his community. And he used his self-defense in order to protect himself. But because of what, because of, because of groupthink, Facebook decided that they were going to ban him, ban his platform, ban his, his name. And if you said it, you were going to get banned and deleted. You were going to get put in Facebook jail. I'm glad that Facebook is doing the right thing, but it's too little too late. And I hope that Kyle Rittenhouse will add him, add them onto his insanely long lawsuit against media outlets and maybe even the president of the United States. And speaking of lawsuits, our final topic of the day is the Supreme Court will lose legitimacy if it doesn't strike down Missouri's abortion law. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said Wednesday the Supreme Court will lose legitimacy if it doesn't strike down Mississippi's ab- abortion law. This is from the Daily Caller. As the Supreme Court hears arguments in the case of Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, it has the opportunity and responsibility to honor the Constitution, the law, and the basic truth. Every woman has the constitutional right to ban- to basic reproductive health care. Mississippi's radical abortion ban part of a nationwide assault against women's freedoms, targeting in particular women of color and women of low-income communities, is brazenly unconstitutional and designed to destroy Roe v. Wade. Yet again, Republicans are trying to control a woman's most personal decision about her body, and her family are trying to criminalize healthcare professionals for providing reproductive care. That's what Nancy Pelosi had to say. The constitutional right to an abortion has been repeatedly affirmed, and any failure to fully strike down the Mississippi abortion or Mississippi ban would seriously erode the legitimacy of the court and the court itself warned in its ruling in Casey and the question its communi- commitment to the rule of law itself. And I've heard this argument from conservatives as well. If we overturn Roe v. Wade, if we use the power we have been wielded by the voters to promote conservative policy, we will lose the midterms. And I think that that's a little bit of confusion with Republican politics. You do not stray away from the tough fights because you will lose the midterms. 
you were elected to fight the tough fights. There's a backward there's a backwards thing there. You're not pro you're not conservative to get elected. You're elected because you're a conservative. And you are expected to govern as if you are a conservative, not because you were elected to be one. Let me, let me rephrase that. If you go to work and you say, I'm going to work 60 hours a week, do anything you need me to do in order to keep this job. That's kind of what they're saying now. But what they're doing is they're working five hours a week, voting for stupid bills that are destroying our economy. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's fine. You know, there's no problem with that. That's what, that's what they think. And they think if they actually do something halfway conservative for once, they're going to get they're going to get beat in the midterms. And if we can overturn Roe v. Wade and it ends up with conservatives losing the midterms, so be it. Because standing up for policy and fighting for conservative principles is more important, is more important to me than winning an election. Let me know your thoughts are josh at gopjosh.com, anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. Click the message button. My name is GOP Josh. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Stay tuned.